0: First of all, happiness is not just about success at work. So how do you become a big boss at work and still have a great relationship? Because most women are living in this either or world. They either are really great in business and have no romantic or home life to speak of or they're really great at home but then they don't have income of their own or they can't figure out how to rise to the top. So First Lady Global is about managing that sweet spot where you can have both.
1: Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an incredible, exciting guest lined up for you today. This lady is married to one of my closest and dearest friends and mentors. She is a phenomenal business leader in her own right, and a true thought leader in helping women succeed in the world of business. I'm speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Karen Mullen. Welcome to the show, Karen.
0: Thank you. You made me happy. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, he helped Raymond get to the North Pole. Yes. So Nikki, and I hear them chatting, so I'll call it man talk. I don't know what's going on, but it's good. (laughs)
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Karen, my listener listens to the show because they want to be inspired by you, my guest. They want to learn from you. They want to know what it is that you can teach them to help them take their life and business to the next level. They're all men and women that are in business. They're thought leaders or aspiring thought leaders. But before they can truly open their hearts to listen to you and your message. They need to know a little bit about you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Karen Mullen?
0: Well, let's see. I've been in acting and commercials since I was five. Now, why did I go into commercials? Because I was so shy. I did not uh, speak up. I did not talk. I used to get nervous. You know when they do roll call and they ask you what your name is? Yep. That was like stressful for me. Wow. So... That's the reason that uh, my mom, her version of therapy is if you're afraid of spiders, throw you in a room of spiders. So she threw me into commercials and it did help. But my my background is I really, really was extraordinarily shy and introverted. But of course, I'm not now.
1: No, you're not. I mean, you're just a world beating business leader. But tell us more about your story. So what happened? Where'd you go from there?
0: Okay. So my idea has always been to do exactly what I love. So that's why, of course, I'm with Raymond. So (laughs) I was studying. I studied passionately. I did dance. I did, in terms of degree, I have a, a political specialization in political theory. Then I went on to public relations. But basically what my knack is, what I can do really, really well, is grow businesses and careers. So I always knew how to get from where I was to where I wanted to go. And to me, I would help people just as friends to get where they where they were to where they wanted to be. And that's why I, I don't usually toot my own horn, but of course, here I am. I, without very much effort, can do double-digit growth per year. And I first started as a consultant for businesses, and then I became a CEO. And I held a position of president and CEO for 10 years, but wow. basically my Double digit growth pattern has been throughout my career. I had a 17 year growth streak in one particular organization. So, I mean, it sounds simple and it is when you know how and you work as a group, but um, that's what I know how to do really well.
1: That's incredible. I mean, I remember when Raymond met you, he told me, Nikki, I think I'm in love. I've met this incredible woman. She runs her own company. She's beautiful. She's a dancer. And he just went on and on about you. But the thing that that just struck me the most was how he spoke about your career as a CEO and how you've done so, so well in helping grow that company. And you took that, right? And you, 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 you brought that to a whole new level. So talk about what's happened since you moved on from that position.
0: Well, first of all, I had a really good time. <laughs> I, had, I decided that I would like play for a while. And so I did that because I've, I've been working since I was really quite young. And in a way, that's very good because I became very good at what I was doing. Sure. But I also sure. had linked a lot of my value into what I can produce, not into just being a, a great person. So in the last year or so, it's been a journey of just realizing like, oh, I don't have to always produce, even though I can. This might be a conversation that maybe men have more than women, but because I was such an amazing producer of income and results, it's been a journey just to enjoy myself and go transition myself into something completely different because I made the money. I had the success and I did it before age 45. So... That was my goal, I accomplished it, and now it's a brand new life.
1: I love it, I love it. And and you're married to one of the world's top personal development success gurus, Raymond Aaron, right? I mean, how cool is that?
0: It's pretty darn cool because his joke is that I told him that I had to marry him because I couldn't afford his coaching program because it was so, I wanted 24 hour help. Basically, (laughs) if you find really great people to help you, I mean, that is not to be underestimated. It's finding like-minded people that can help you. It just makes things faster.
1: It does make things faster. It does make things faster. And you you have a ba- brand new project you've been working on. Tell us a bit about that.
0: I do. It's called First Lady Global. And why am I doing it? Number one, I noticed that oh. women, they come and they, they say they admire me and they want to be a CEO. First of all, happiness is not just about success at work. So how do you become... A big boss at work and still have a great relationship because most women are living in this either or world. They either are really great in business and have no romantic or home life to speak of, or they're really great at home, but then they don't have income of their own or they can't figure out how to rise to the top. So, First Lady Global is about managing that sweet spot where you can have both.
1: I like it. I like it. So, go into more about how you show women how to do this.
0: Okay, actually, can I make a comment here? I I intended to help women, but I have equally the same number of men interested.
1: Really? That's pretty cool.
0: I know, talk about my name was kind of a deterrent, but I also have registered and I might actually pursue First Gentleman Global. So it's the same kind of thing. I think men are in this new space where they've got these women that might want to be really successful, but it's scary or alienating, or how do you deal with this kind of person? I'm there for both sexes. So maybe you can re-ask a question and I'll answer for both sexes if that's something you're interested in.
1: Yeah, 100%. So how does this project of yours help men and women have it all?
0: First of all, I think it's by having the knowledge to navigate it. For example, if you're a CEO, male or female, you need to know about different cultures, for example. So there's high deference cultures and low deference cultures. And what that really means is how close to authority some cultures feel that they can communicate. So when I was a CEO, I'd have trouble with, when I didn't know, I'd have trouble sometimes with American staff because they're so extroverted. It was kind of like operating on different rules. And then I would have uh, people from other parts of the world and they would just agree, even though they shouldn't agree. So when you're dealing with the person in front of you, you should know who you're talking to. Because if it's a person from, a culture that has a a big deference to authority, you really do need to listen to that person more and take more time with that person. And for somebody who's working with some of the extroverted cultures, you have to realize that that's just natural. There's no intention behind it. Speaking as myself as a Canadian, it was a bit of a surprise in the beginning. And I really do admire the American culture because they're so open with information and you can really grow and learn. You just need to know who's in front of you and who you have to be for that person that you're leading. That's an example. And should I give you another example?
1: Yeah, please keep talking. That's the whole point. They don't want to hear from me. They hear from me every week. They want to hear from you. You're the guest. You're the one with the juice.
0: Okay, let me see if I got some juice. So for for women, they have this thing where, and I, it was really a struggle for me because I would want I'd want to give women what they wanted. They said that they wanted more money and they wanted to have more uh, of a higher position. But in behavior, they did not act that way. They really rewarded compliments and admiration much more than autonomy. Now, I know I'm gonna create a lot of trouble here, but I mean, the more they, I don't know, they would just give away their job for a compliment. Really, you have to, as a, and Raymond would say this to me, he said, do you want the acknowledgement or do you want the income? And I would say, I want both. And he'd say, it doesn't work like that. So it doesn't work like that. You decide to do your job and get the results, and the results, and you have to link it to your economic success, that's another story. That is your reward. At home, you can get all the acknowledgement you want. But at work, you're there to produce a result and earn income, and at home, you're there to get admiration and acknowledgement. So if you mix it up, you don't get what you want in either sphere.
1: That's brilliant. I've never heard of it that way before. That that's a really great way to look at it. So at work you're looking for the income and at home you want the admiration and the acknowledgement. That makes so much sense. So what happens when you're like me and you work with your partner? You work with your better half.
0: Well, I'm glad you say better half, but at the same time you're both you have to be of comparable magnitude to each other. And so that's number 1. You have to recognize that. You're you're equals but different. Yeah. So I think of it as everything is a job description. For example, at work, I'm not Karen, I'm CEO. So you take, it's kind of like, imagine like a a fireman's hat or a policeman's hat. You put on the CEO hat and in that job, you don't have to have your personality out there. You're doing the job. And that doesn't mean you have to do it cruelly or kindly or any of those things. You have your own signature, but it means you take on the beingness of that job. And at home, I have to switch to a different hat and it's wife hat. Now, a lot of women in particular have a big reaction to this when I talk about it because they think somehow wife means less than. It isn't because if you create it, then it's actually a lot of fun because if you look at all the movies that we watch in our spare time, like there's no woman that will tire of a romantic movie. Well, that romantic movie is not wearing the CEO hat at home and i don't mean that she's wearing an inferior hat but it is a different personality and you have to decide when one job ends and one job starts and you're in totally in a new moment if you can do that
1: no that's that's brilliant i love that that's that's very true and 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 yeah i personally i think the job of wife or wife and mother are the hardest jobs in the world you know because the entire family unit depends on uh, the wife the wife has to be the one whose power and love brings everybody together because you know husbands aren't all that good at that right and it's the nurturing and loving of a mother that that allows the kids to flourish because let's be honest most men aren't super good at that either I mean I do my best with my kids but you know something really goes wrong they go to their mom first they don't come to me I
0: guess Uh, it depends on the sphere because I don't really think that, I think men are great. And probably that's why I I get along with men. I think men are wonderful. Raymond calls me the CEO of the home, which for me, frees me up to make decisions that I really, really like. I like to create my home. I like to create my family, but I don't think it's harder because if Raymond started to do it, I would be kind of jealous of that. I, I like that
1: job. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, there you go. I mean, you've, you've said some things which I think make a lot of sense and actually are helpful to me in, uh, you know, making sure that I uh, manage uh, the complications of uh, being in business together with the person that you have a life partnership with, you know, because that's, that's something that, uh, I got to be honest, isn't always easy. Right? Sometimes it works really smoothly and sometimes there's some, there's some frustrations and challenges that come out of it for, for her and for me.
0: I think also there's an idea of creating your own space. So if your home is organized so that everything's kind of like, kind of like work and personal life are, are mixed together, I think that has a lot to do with being unable to, to know what space you're in or who you should be. So part of my thinking is create spaces with exact intentions. Like Raymond and I have an intention for our home, which I could even read to you if you want. Please. But our space tells us who to be and what to do. And that's part of, I don't know, what I do. Got, like, for example, there's, do you know Marie Diamond? Maybe you do?
1: Yeah, I do. Absolutely. We've interviewed her on the show.
0: Okay. So Marie Diamond was talking about in, in, in Feng Shui that there's three things that enhance your luck. So let's say you've got, let's say, God-given. You can't do anything about it but you've got human actions and your physical space. So most people drop at least one third of their potential luck, which is your physical space. That's as much part of your success as your actions. I was saying to Raymond, who would go watch Star Wars if they said, you know what, the dialogue is so amazing. We don't need costumes or sets. Like part of it is just saying exactly what you want and having that in your mind and then creating it in the real world. So you're living inside your vision board. You're not just putting it up on your, on your fridge.
1: Okay, cool. Cool, that cool. No, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Having an intention for your space is really cool. I think I'm gonna do that. Having an intention for your relationship is good. Having a relation an intention for your partnership in business is good. I mean, living intentionally is very powerful. I'm learning a lot from this. So tell me, what else? What else? What brilliant pearls of wisdom have you got I'll for us? You, oh, okay. I'll
0: give you a couple. So once again, this navigating work and home. People don't do things. In reality, for money, as I told you, I've seen examples of women in particular trading it. We do it for admiration, and especially at home. It, like, for example, if I wanted to critique Raymond because I really know something great about business, it's not the right thing because he has enough people on staff to tell him. I only tell him something if it's like totally an emergency, usually a fashion emergency.
1: But um, <laughs> I love it.
0: I, I, I I leave everything else to the people he works with because if if you look at things in a very simplistic way, if people buy, okay, let's say you, you get a particular type of dog, people buy, they have a pet for a reason. They want loyalty, something like we're having these kinds of different relationships because it's giving us something. So if the dog always barked at me when I'd come home, I don't want to come home to that dog. So you have to think about what you want the other person to feel. And in a relationship, we want admiration and we want that acknowledgement. And that's what Raymond gives. He has this rule about don't coach wife. I can tell you, even though he is a giant in his field, if at the wrong time he decides to give me the coaching that people pay so much money for, it's not going to go well for our relationship.
1: That's one thing I've learned. Don't coach wife. Absolutely. It doesn't wife, work.
0: Coach wife. And don't coach husband. Like They're not in our 24-hour improvement program. They're just... Our spouse.
1: Yeah, that's very important. That's very powerful. You know, there's um, there, there's a thing to be said for drawing a distinct line between being in in a relationship and and work stuff. And it, it's important and powerful to draw that. Okay, what else? What else have you got for us?
0: Well, I can I can read what we have for our home as a, as an ideal. So you won't know how close or far you're getting in terms of what you want unless you have that picture-perfect idea of whatever it is that you're creating. And that's what you're moving towards. It's kind of like your GPS system. And when you're creating this little picture-perfect idea of what you want, make sure you don't put in things that you don't really want, that you think maybe your mother wants or your culture wants. or I mean, drop everything. It's your own little dream. And that's what you're creating. And I'll read you the one we have just for our home. I have it for every area. I have it for me. I have it for our business. Like I know exactly what I'm creating. And in business, by the way, anything that you're creating has to be able to be measured. That that we can talk about another day. But this one is just for our home because it's in front of me. So it's about six lines or so. It says, our home contains only what is currently useful or beautiful. It is organized and designed to create an aesthetic effect on the senses of its residents and visitors who are uplifted and better able to create and do the work they love. It is picturesque, fragrant, tranquil, comfortable, easy, luxurious, and elegant. It's fastidiously clean, tidy, spare, and unsentimental. Every surface is clear and clean. Every cupboard and drawer is orderly and picture perfect. Every element is routinely cleaned, maintained, and meticulously refreshed. Everything works or is promptly fixed. Now, so what? I'll tell you why. I applied all the same skills that I use in, to structure a business, to structure the home. So I don't have this giant space that I have to create this in. What I did is I scaled down my living space so that this is easy. Because when we had a huge home, I mean, it was like a distraction from creating income. Hmm. Um because I wanted to live this standard and it was always walking around with me in my head. But because I couldn't create it in my physical space just by the scale of what I had going on in my life, it made me anxious and unhappy. But when I I made everything work towards what it is that I wanted, then it's so much easier to create and be happy because you're not fighting yourself.
1: Yeah, I I like it. I like it. This is good stuff. So you see on the show, we talk about thought leadership, right? And thought leadership has a number of pillars. So number one is you have to have what I call unique intellectual property. That means thoughts. Who would have thunk it? To be a thought leader, you actually have to think and thinking is some of the hardest work anyone will ever do. Have you heard that before?
0: Yeah. And I, I used to, I think it's a Brian Tracy quote that it's the most expensive thing. Sorry. That is, it's the highest paid profession is basically thinking, creating. And once again, when you know what you're trying to create, the the, the brilliant thoughts, you'll impress yourself with the ideas that you come up with.
1: No, absolutely. I mean,
0: you know what I mean? You're like, wow, that's how we can do it. You just take, it's just ideas that make money. It's not, you don't need anything. It's just. Ideas, thoughts, a new way of looking at something. Things like that.
1: A hundred percent. And 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 thinking is the highest paid profession and thinking is critical to being a thought leader. You have to come up with thoughts that haven't been uh, packaged in the way that you're packaging them before. I mean, it's it's really, really important as a thought leader for you to do original thinking and for people to see, wow, this is original thinking. This is a way for you to stand out as an expert, as an authority, as the go-to person in your space, right? And that's not possible if you don't do original thinking. And you've been doing some original thinking and sharing it with us, so that's awesome. Secondly, thought leadership and really any business is about solving problems for people. You need to be solving problems for people. People come and they buy a service because they have a problem that they want solved and they perceive that that service can help them solve that problem. So that's another pillar of thought leadership. And then thirdly, you need to have a group of people that you're passionate about making a difference for, right? If you're trying to be all things to all people, you're nothing to nobody. Right. And it's really, really important to have that. And I see that you've done a pretty good job of that as well. You're looking to help people, you know, who are seekers, who are in, in the world of personal professional development. And um, initially you, you were working with women, although you're attracting a bunch of men. So you're thinking of possibly like working with men as well, but you need to have like a group of people you go after. And the more niche, the better. So these are some of the principles of thought leadership. What are your thoughts and comments on those?
0: Well, number one, on the I, you're talking about problems. So to me, that is my favorite thing. If you go into a business and they have a problem, that is the most amazing thing because I can I can turn around any business because they're in love with their problem or their product. They think that that can't be solved. Yeah. But once you're outside of it, you go in and you look at it. It's so easy because the bigger the perceived problem, the bigger the perceived reward. That means. If, if you're a consultant or you go in and you help, you can get paid more because any problem that exists, people run away from. But if you're the one that goes right in there and solves the problem, yes. it's actually quite simple because you're willing to actually look. Most people won't look at the problem because it's too upsetting. It's like some people have a junk, a junk drawer or something. You don't want to look in it. Well, businesses have that. So look at the junk drawer of the business and, you, and you, it's easy to clean up.
1: Okay. I love it. I love it. That's really powerful stuff. That's a good take on how to solve problems inside of a business.
0: It's never ever the problem. The, the thing that people say is the problem. Let's say in coaching, if you say to me, what's your problem? You're like, oh, I don't have enough money. That actually, the first thing they say is not the actual problem. So you get it out of the way. That's what they think the problem is, but that is never where you as a consultant, look, it's the next stuff.
1: Okay. So tell me more about that. How does that work? I really like what you're saying here and absolutely agree with it, but please explain it more.
0: Well, from one of my coaches, Mir Ezra, I have, I have four major coaches in my life, including my husband and Mir is one of them. And one of the things that comes up is that the problem is always before. So if you think you have a problem in your company, it's probably you have a, a problem at home. If you think you have a problem in sales, you probably have a problem with the CEO. You know, it's if you try and attack the problem where you see the problem, you're actually looking at the symptom, not the cause. So it's just a stable point of reference. Now, I know I'm probably talking a little, maybe maybe it's too high level, I don't know. but No, no, uh, it's
1: perfect. I love it.
0: Okay. So when you go into any department, any business, any job, the thing that people are saying is the problem is actually the scratch on the knee or the psoriasis. It's not the problem. It's not the cause. So most consultants waste their time looking at the symptoms. That's not where your solution is.
1: Okay. Let me give you an example from some of the things we're dealing with right now. Maybe you can give me, give me some insights. So some live fire, rapid fire coaching. Okay. So, We have had a program. We've been working mostly with coaches and consultants to help them position themselves as thought leaders. We've had a pretty good run for almost four years with that. And we just discovered that there is actually a new group that we think we can access And these are clinic owners. These are folks who own, for example, a naturopathic clinic, a chiropractic clinic, an optometry clinic, et cetera, et cetera. And why we like this space is that these folks are heart-driven people, i.e. they got into business because they want to help people, right? And they're really good at what they do, but they're not trained to be good business people right and we've got we've got the experience and expertise through Teresa having run a bunch of clinics and help them helping them grow to help them get past these issues and grow their clinics and we're calling it million dollar clinics so we help these clinics that are under a million dollars get to a million dollars or even add a million dollars to their clinic so that's our that's our shtick right so we like the concept we think the concept's really great Our challenge right now, our problem, as it were, is what is the best way for us to grow, right? And I'm not sure what the answer is. We're trying a few different things. We're trying uh, Facebook ads uh, and a webinar. I'm thinking I'm going to like go on LinkedIn and make calls to people. I'm going to have a referral strategy, et cetera, et cetera. And I I don't know what the answer is. So that's the problem right now. What do I need to do to grow this?
0: Okay, now you want to grow it. Is your decision between your existing business and this new business, or are you just, what's...
1: The existing business we're going to keep, right? But we really want to grow this. We actually don't call it a new business, but we call it a new market cluster. That's the technical term we use.
0: Okay. So another Brian Tracy thing I learned maybe 30 years ago or something like that, 25 years ago, is you have to have small, medium, and large size sales. So for you as a business owner, are the clinics a small, medium, or large size sale?
1: Medium initially, and then probably large once we upsell them.
0: Okay. So the other one, the other business, your existing business, your existing client base, is the one that you should keep your primary focus on and then have some success in the medium to large size. I think one of the first ways that I would look at it is taking a percentage of the increase so I don't know what they're sitting at right now, uh, five hundred thousand. Six. I'm not sure what what their current amount is.
1: Usually they're between a hundred k and five hundred k a year in sales for these guys.
0: Okay. So then, if if they were to get to a million, how long do you think it would take? And you can edit this out if you. <laughs>
1: well, it depends on where they start. But let's say it will take them between six and 24 months. It's a bit of a big range, but that's usually how long it could take.
0: Okay. So part of my caution is that they may not even want to get to a million dollars, which they might say they do. So either you can get some kind of, if you, if it really is true based on survey that their number one request is to get to a million dollars, if that's true, then take, I would say, go in there and say, we won't, we won't charge you anything, but we want to be able to increase your results and get, I don't know, ten percent of everything that you increase over uh, six hundred thousand to a million. So let's say they're right now at five hundred thousand. Give them a hundred thousand for free, and then you get a higher percentage from going from six to a million, six hundred thousand to a million. So I think that the barrier that you're having is that you're trying to sell them because they're not sure the value exchange. They're probably sole proprietors, mostly cautious, so they won't want well, to our, really our, do our,
1: our issue isn't that we're talking to people and they're not buying. Actually, we're getting a fair number of people buying, right? Our issue is how do we get to to enough of these people? That's our issue. That's where I'm finding the challenge right now. Is the right way to go do um, Facebook ads and get them to book calls with us? Is the right way for me to make, uh, uh, you know, uh, cold or warm calls? Is the right way for me to go network? Is the right way all of the above? That's what I'm trying to figure out. We have a pretty good conversion ratio once we get in front of people.
0: Yeah, see, my my instinct and not looking at your numbers, which of course you have to look at the numbers of your results on Facebook ads, for example. But right now I would think write a small little handbook, maybe it's 40 pages, and you say how clinics can go from double their sales and have a saleable business in three years or less. I'm just making that up, okay?
1: That's a great idea, actually. I I can do that. I can make that happen in a month or less.
0: Yeah, and so you have a little handbook that's not very expensive for you to produce, and then because you're such a great speaker, I would go speak at those conventions, and that you may not get paid, they don't. Some of those organizations don't pay. Yeah. But you say my, my exchange with you is that I want to hand out one of these booklets to every single person, and then inside that booklet you have your contact information, and then maybe they give you free booth space at the back where they can you can register.
1: Now that is a killer idea. I love that.
0: Some kind of low cost or introductory service. So. Don't sell them a huge package in the beginning, but whatever the next step is to moving them in, like I always make the analogy to like dating and getting married. Like first you date, then you get engaged, then you get married. So with business, you don't start with trying to ask them for a big sale the very first thing. You could, if you're if if it's really that kind of relationship, but normally you start on a small gradient, a small little ladder towards success but you're great in front of people. So instinct says get in front of more people and then don't worry about all the other things because if one thing works, stick with what works and it's free.
1: I like it, I, I, you know what? We are gonna be doing the Facebook ads right now. They're about to launch because we've gone down that road but I like the idea of, of getting this booklet done and doing speaking engagements. That's a great idea. That is a fantastic idea. Thank you Karen. So so listener you're listening to Karen. She's giving you some some consulting on how to solve problems. I love it. This is brilliant. So Karen, we could keep talking and talking, but you know, I like to end off each and every single one of our episodes by asking you, our guest expert, to provide us with what with what your husband calls the top 3 expert action steps to help move Our listeners life or business to the next level so what say you
0: well he's got three let me at least give you one and that is decide what you want exactly and then go do it and that might be very very overly simplistic but really it's not more complicated than that what do you actually actually want Hmm. because if you're not moving towards what you want the truth is you don't want it so what do you really want and then just go have fun getting there because i don't mean that there's not long days and that there's trouble with staff or troubles with the spouse but the process has to be fun and i don't mean to be tried about that because Most people think that like, it means there's no work. No, you have to enjoy the work. Like if you have muscles, there's some part of you that enjoyed making those muscles. So figure out what it is that you actually want, decide to get it, and then figure out how you can enjoy the process of getting it. Because then you actually will get a life that you love and you'll have everything that you want, not what you thought you might want.
1: That's good. I like it.
0: Do you want something else? I don't know.
1: Two more, two more. Let's go.
0: I've got to talk to Raymond about this three thing.
1: Um,
0: Okay. So people go, let's say that you're an accountant. I'm making examples here. And everyone goes up the ladder of how to be a great accountant, how to be a great accountant, how to be a great accountant. And they do all the different steps. If you look exactly like everybody else in your profession, you're you're basically a nobody, even though you're well-trained. What it is, is if you take something from a, a parallel industry and you apply it to being a great accountant, you're going to become a superstar in your industry. So an example, I have a cousin, she's distant, <laughs> but um, she's an accountant and she wanted to move to another position, she's, but she's very, very caring. So the thing is, she has to present herself as somebody who understands people. And can make the numbers make sense for an, an industry. If she only sold herself as an accountant, she's just like everybody else. What you have to do is have like I'm an accountant with an amazing communication skills. And for me, the number one example would be uh, Judge Judy. Believe it or not, she's a great lawyer. Yes, but what did she do when she started? She started to speak in sound bites. That was part of her natural thing. And she, put, she was the first person to put a white little collar there to distinguish herself from the male judges. And why she doesn't have to have equal pay, let's say, is because she became great at the law, but then became great as a television personality. And that's why I think she earns 54 million a year and she films 25 episodes per year. Wow. So it's, it's about not being a great judge. You can be a great judge. But that gets paid what every other great judge gets paid. But if you combine it with something else that's your natural, it's amazing, Mm -hmm. and you combine it into one career, that's where you make your money.
1: I like it. I like it a lot.
0: And I can give you, um, who's the dancer? Fred Astaire. Mm -hmm. He's another example. The reason he was a standout is because people in that era, he's an amazing dancer if you look up on YouTube if you're not familiar, and everyone danced very, very formal. But he was a performer that kind of grew up dancing informally. So the reason that he became such a great success is because to the eyes of the viewer, he did something totally new. And of course, he worked hard to be really great at it. But it isn't, it isn't just being great in your field. It's being great in another field, combining it. Because That's kind of your signature, something that somebody else can't do because it's actually you. Nobody else can be you. Be you on purpose.
1: Okay. Decide what you want. Be you on purpose. What's the third one? I'm putting you on the spot there, Karen.
0: You are, but um, you know what? The truth is, you're bigger than you pretend to be. Mm. Any idea that's contrary to it, it's just actually a lie. It's a lie. So don't let those little voices in your head. I don't even have them anymore. So don't let anybody tell you that it's not possible because of course it's possible or you wouldn't have had the thought. And I know that's often said, but if you really look at it in an objective way, of course you can. Of course you can. That's my thought. Of course you can.
1: I love it. Those are three amazing expert action steps. So, Karen, how do folks find out about your new project and the magazine and how, how do they interact with you?
0: Okay. I'll send you to the to the website first. It's firstladyglobal.com. And we are going to have a section for gentlemen. And that you can see that on the website. But if you sign up on our list, we'll send you out an ebook and I'll give you basically our, our top 10 tips on how to transform your life from where you are right now to where you want to be but without the stress that you think might be involved. So it's firstladyglobal.com and on there you can if you wanted to reach out to me in particular just say that you know they you want to have a chat with me Karen and then we can figure out what to do from there. But basically I'm still going to help people men and women I love working with men and I I don't necessarily think the world is based on this gender lines, but I think it's a very particular time in history where we're becoming something different than we were before. And um, we want to keep all the good stuff. So I can help people do that.
1: Amen and well said. Well said. So we're going to put all that in the show notes, Karen. So listener, Karen Mullen is the real deal. She's been a CEO of a major company. She's helped it grow. She is married to one of the world's top personal development gurus, the one and only Raymond Aaron. And she has her own thought leadership in her own right. She's the real deal. Take advantage of these free offers. Go to firstladyglobal.com. Make sure you sign up for a list. Check out the magazine. You're going to be glad that you did. And listen, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, can I be like Karen? Do I have what it takes to bring out that genius, that thought leadership that's within me and bring it out into the world? And the answer to that question is 1,000% yes, you can. You can do this. And if you don't know how, if you have doubt dogging your every step right now, I'm gonna offer you something amazing. Go to ecircleacademy.com, that's my website. Click on a button that says, book your success call right now. That way you can jump on a phone call with me at a time that's convenient for both of us. And what I'll do is I'll help you put together a roadmap on how to take that innate genius, that innate expertise and thought leadership that you have and turn it into magnificent, monetizable commercial success. And the cost for this is absolutely free. There is no obligation. If you've been stuck on a plateau for too long, if you've wanted to take action, or if you've been doing it and you've reached a certain level of success, but you're stuck on a plateau because of that, Make sure you take advantage of this. And if you're not ready to jump on a call, go to that same website, EasterCircleAcademy.com, click on the button in the middle of the page and watch the free webinar masterclass. It will outline five steps for you on how you can take your business to a six-figure per month thought leadership business. Karen Mullen, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. It's an honor to have had you here. Thank
0: you. And if someone, if you're listening to Nikki right now, Actually do what he says, because it's the action that produces the success.
1: I love that. I love that. You are so brilliant. That is so true. No one's ever said that before. Karen, this has been an amazing interview. Thank you. We're definitely going to have you back on. Thank you. You're so welcome and that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast The Thought Leader Revolution to find out more about today's incredible guest the one and only Karen Mullen go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com go inside the show notes and get the information on how to go to firstladyglobal.com and to jump on a call with me do what Karen suggests take action go to ecircleacademy.com and jump on that button and make that call happen put it in your calendar don't delay do it now do it now do it now